Next on BYU Sports Nation, more Heisman hype at BYU. The one thing quarterback Taysom Hill's Heisman candidacy hinges on. It's about getting noticed, and Taysom Hill has a showcase opportunity very early in the season. BYU TV football analyst and former NFL linebacker David Nixon joins us. Plus USA, yeah. the volleyball Fab 50, and expensive tickets for BYU in South Florida. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Welcome into BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. It is a Tuesday, and I am glad to be back. You were gone for two days in a row. I missed your musk and your personality. It's good to have you back. Brian Logan did a... Really good job, as always. Brian's brain was particularly interesting. We finally (laughs) delivered on whatever that is. I still don't know what it is. (laughs) My wife asked me that on the car ride home. What is Brian's brain? Is that supposed to be like his brain outside of his body or something? (laughs) I'm like, it's still. I think it's Brian's opinion right now. Like his brain, it's still being developed. (laughs) Yes. It is a Tuesday, June 17th. We are under a week away from media day. Wow. We're in the midst of the World Cup, so I, I, as a general sports fan, I'm still inter- I'm very entertained right now. Brazil, Mexico. I went to Brazil on my mission, so paying attention to that. But Media Day is six days away. I can't wait. Four live hours of programming plus web chats. It's going to be awesome. If you're new to the show, my name is Spencer Linton, and to my left sits Brazil's number one fan today, Jerem Jordan. Where's your Brazil jersey, dude? Uh, in a box somewhere. I saw two upstairs in in the international side of BYU TV. Yeah, they're, look, oh, they're looking well, sharp. Well, d- due to some uh, you know rights issues, I cannot necessarily wear that jersey on the show. I did wear my USA jersey after the show yesterday. The rest of the day, I have I have the uh, jersey from the last World Cup, not this. Those one. stinking rights. Oh well, by the way, USA. Yes. Yeah, USA. that was awesome. <laughs> Sorry, I can't hear you over the Vuvuzela, Spencer. John Brooks. Or that's a bunch John. of bees. The, I can't the tell. Kill, I feel like the killer, the killer bees are coming. <laughs> Turn the boobies off. Get out of here. Okay, John Brooks, the first substitute to ever score for the United States in uh. World Cup play. <laughs> in the 11th hour, saves the day. One man, one nation, man. one team. Two to one. And by the way, USA. Off, of, off of a header on a corner kick, set awesome. piece. Ghana to okay. beat Ghana, the team that's knocked you out of the previous two World Cups. Ziggy, we gotcha. Yeah, I'm, yeah, so, that, I'm that sorry, was, Zig. That was very nope, exciting. Nope, I'm not sorry, Ziggy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was another scare the baby moment. Corner, I've, I'm watching it on my iPhone at the top of the stairs, making sure that my baby doesn't fall down the stairs. She crawls around. We're moving some stuff around. The U.S. scores. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> the ba- yeah, the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. Tyler Hawes hitting a three against Portland, I think, that sent it into... Double overtime, yeah. or something like that, was another. Scare I made the a baby, baby cry when Landon Donovan scored in 2010 oh, to put that's the maybe Americans, the ultimate soccer baby. Yeah, make a baby the round cry of 16. Moment. Yeah, join there's, our conversation. So join our conversation 24 <laughs> seven using the hashtag BYUS and link up across BYU Sports Nation wherever, whenever, and have an opinion about today's Heismanized Twitter question. This guy makes Texas babies cry. What does Taysom Hill need to do to be considered a top five Heisman candidate? At the end of the season. That was nice. Texas babies cry. Yeah, they do. <laughs> At Allie B93, he needs pretty plays on the field and pretty numbers on the stat sheets, and he can do that with our arsenal of wide receivers. It would seem he has the tools around him. 
It's it. Yes, I think that BYU improved its talent, and that Taysom Hill has an opportunity, and that's what we're going to discuss today. He's getting some preseason hype. He has an opportunity to do something that BYU hasn't done in a while, which is get somebody to New York. Get specific. Tell us what you think Taysom Hill needs to do to be considered a top five Heisman candidate when the season is over. Listen to BYU Sports Nation noon Eastern on BYU Radio Sirius XM Channel 143. Watch the simulcast live on BYU TV. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Heisman hopes deep in the heart of Texas. Everybody still talks about how the, uh, the kid with the knee brace ran for 200-plus yards uh, on en route to 550 yards rushing that night. Every time I say that number, I still can't believe it. Chip Brown of HornsDigest.com on the kid with the knee brace. Everybody's still talking about it a year later in Austin. Taysom Hill named one of 14 Heisman candidates for 2014 by NFL.com ranked the 14th best player according to the Sporting News in their preseason top 25 players, and Heisman Pundit has Taysom Hill as a top 25 candidate. But what does it take to be a legitimate top five Heisman finalist? To have a shot to go to New York in December. For Taysom Hill, it comes down to this for Jeremy and I. You have to top the Texas performance from the 2013 season. Huh? He's not going to run for 260 plus. That's not what we're saying. But he has to have a game like that on the road. The first thing that comes to my mind when you say top the performance is that he needs to, uh, yeah, 260 is the first thing. But that's not that's happening. That's not going to happen. The first thing is you need to win at Texas. When, when Heisman Trophy winners, uh, at the end of the season, you look back and there are, there's a game or two that kind of stick out in your mind. BYU to, to Heisman voters has one game of significance. Of, of big significance. BYU at Texas. BYU at Texas. The rest are really nice games, like Central Florida, Boise State, Houston, those kinds of games. Cal and Virginia are not good. Connecticut's not good. BYU should win those games. But when BYU plays at Texas, we feel that Taysom Hill has uh, the biggest opportunity, that is Heisman candidacy, hinges on Texas. If he does not have a big game or BYU loses, over, Johnny. It's over. But if he has a great game, where he throws for, let's say he throws for 300, rushes for 100. Oh, That's yeah. a great game. Great. He 400 could, total yards. If you want to say throws for 275, yeah. runs for if 125. He three, is, if he has 350 in total offense and BYU wins by double figures, it doesn't have to be <laughs> 20, which is, would be one point more than last year. That is a great game. The kid with the knee brace ran for 259 and three touchdowns last year at home. A kid from Pocatello, Idaho. If he can combine for 400 total yards and two or three touchdowns in a win at Texas. I even say 350. Oh, man, now we are really talking. And that goes to what Chris Houston, the Heisman pundit, was talking about. He's a, a guy who uh, can put up numbers in the passing game, numbers in the running game. He's a very exciting player. He just needs to put it all together to have a chance uh, you know, to compete for the Heisman this year. The complete game at Texas will get it done. He has he's established parameters for what guys need to do to be in that final five in New York. And it starts with the total offense. The Heismanments, it starts with total offense, which he says has to be at four thousand yards. So the, so he has Heismanments. One of the criteria within a Heismanment, number eight, Heisman worthiness mentions dual threat quarterbacks. So here's where this is. Must produce at least thirty five hundred yards of total offense. Taysom produced uh, 42 
82 last 42. year. 42. So he was also, oh, it's not 4,000, it's 3,500. It's 35, yeah. And 35 wow. combined touchdowns. Last year, Taysom Hill <laughs> had 29 touchdowns. So he was under in that category. And then the other is must have a passer rating of 140 or better. Taysom had 118. That's where Taysom makes the leap. That's where we've talked to different guys on this program. Phil Steele, Chris Houston, the Heisman pundit, Brett McMurphy. Where does Taysom make the jump? He has to become a better passer. We've talked to Taysom Hill about this very thing. He's working on footwork. He's working on delivery. Taysom Hill is the best running quarterback BYU has ever seen and maybe will ever see. If he can be a decent passer, a good passer, 60% completion percentage this year, he finishes in the top 15 in the Heisman. Now, if I he don't finishes feel top, intimidated. He does not feel intimidated. Now, for him to make the leap into top five, he's got to have a seasons of seasons. He's got to pass for a ridiculous amount of yards, 4,000 or something. But I, he almost got 3,000 last year, Spencer. If he gets to 3,500 passing, passing, plus, I don't know, 750 plus in rushing. Oh, you betcha. That is great. All of those numbers are fantastic, but really, we're talking about getting into the top five. You have to have that Heisman moment. And that would come against Texas. It would naturally come at Texas unless you have some in crazy, a win in Austin. Unless you have some crazy showcase game on another day, which BYU has this year. The schedule is not a, as strong this year as it was last year. Showcase games like... Notre Dame, Wisconsin, naturally the opponent. But BYU plays some good games on Thursdays or Fridays where they are the team to watch. They make them infinitely bigger. And brother elder Taysom Hill will be the man in the spotlight. At Texas on Fox Sports 1. If they win that game, guess who comes to town for the home opener five days later? Houston. Where he had his best overall performance. Yes. Passing performance. rush. And like one, or sorry, 417 pass, 128 rush. BYU is ranked if they win at Texas and on ESPN the following Thursday night. Everybody's watching. Everybody's watching. It's not what it is, but it sounds like. <laughs> then they have Central Florida in October, also on a Thursday. Boise State in October, on a Friday. Yes. It shakes out that if you win early, you're ranked. And everybody's watching. And the first game is a Friday at Connecticut. You're, awesome. That's a, I, we, we're going to call these Thursday-Friday games showcase games. Texas is the big game, and then the Thursday-Friday games are showcase games. You're on the East Coast. You're in Connecticut. You're miles away from the mothership at ESPN. You're on ESPN. But the Texas game is week number two. It hinges on that. You it have really to do it against Texas. Okay, what's unbelievable is when did, when did Ty Detmer win his Heisman Trophy? Early in the season. Miami launched him into the conversation, right? And then he maintained and had a great season. That's what we're saying, that if he can get into the upper echelon and not peak early, you always have a guy within the first six games that's like the leader that's not the guy. Jameis Winston and Johnny Manziel, different. They had not taken a snap in college football prior to that season that they wanted, the last two years. Win the season's biggest game, and in a way you take over that game. Ty Detmer is the exception, Okay. When, when we look at the Heisman Trophy list, and that oh, brings oh us my, to our yeah. stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Two, two non-Power 5 conferences have had a player, sorry, teams have had a player win the Heisman Trophy the last 50 years. <laughs> BYU <laughs> with Ty Detmer in 1990 and Andre Ware in 1989 from Houston. They go back two. to back. 
They go back to back in 50 years, and there have been no other players in 50 years from a non-P5 team to win the Heisman Trophy. Isn't that amazing that BYU had a Heisman Trophy winner? They had yes. multiple guys finish third, too. Robbie Bosco. Steve Young, I believe, finished second to Mike Rozier. What did it take from Ty Detmer, though? 5,000 passing yards. <laughs> 5,000. Taysom got 2,900. You know what I mean? It and was he just barely beat Rocket Ishmael. It was like one of the yeah. closest Heisman Trophy races. Yeah. Who was from Notre Dame. He a, got one. A Power 5 team. Now, th- let's, address, let's address something else, too. BYU's really got to have a great season for Taysom. Like, BYU can't go 9-3. Uh, and three. I don't even think they'd go ten and two. They'd have to be something in the eleven and one after the regular season. Granted, twelve and zero. Granted, Ty Detmer, That's what Jordan Lynch had, did not him. have that season. But BYU was ranked, and, and they played they a number one beat team, the number one team in BYU, the country. BYU, it appears, will not play a team ranked higher than fifteen this year. We'll see if someone has yeah, something special. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Texas, but it was, Central it would Florida, seem. Boise State have the best chance of being ranked when they play. Them. When did Ty Detmer have his Heisman moment? Unquestionably in that upset of number 1 Miami. 38 for 54, 406 yards, three touchdowns. It will come November 22nd against Savannah State live on BYU TV. <laughs> Dang it. Taysom's on ESPN. That is a huge benefit. And on Fox Sports 1 against Texas. If they get ranked, he's on ESPN and then on the countless Sports Center after Sports Center after Sports Center because you're a ranked team. I think that because the Texas game is on Fox Sports 1, that hurts it a little bit. That, ju- that just came to me. Because the Texas game was on Espen, it had a little more leverage. Texas will be ranked, though, so it will still be on Sports Center. Yes, yes. Uh, it just hurts that it's not on ESPN. Ugh. I'm still not happy about it. Our Twitter question today. Big 12! We'll st- <laughs> hey, we'd love to be in the Big 12 still. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Fox there's Sports the 1's, subtle reminder. I mean, Fox Sports 1's great. Uh, we'll take whatever. Like, what does Taysom Hill need to do to be considered a top five Heisman candidate? What do you think, BYU Sports Nation? Let's hit a couple of tweets. At Brute DR. Win. Lots. Especially the big games. Texas! Big game. National media has a short attention span. That's a great uh, yeah, point. Yeah, absolutely. And what you, have you done for me lately? And what did you do early on to make me pay attention initially? Taysom's in the conversation. He'll be in the conversation even more if, with the big game at Texas. That's what we're saying. It hinges on that game. And then he needs to maintain and continue to be good. And BYU has to, they have to win. Why was a player from Northern Illinois in New York? Because they won a bunch of games. They were undefeated until the MAC championship game. They were undefeated. And then they lost. And then they lost to Utah State. (laughs) Also trending in BYU Sports Nation. BYU signed the second most players on Volleyball Magazine's Fab 50 high school rankings. Five of them. Okay, BYU rarely has more than one or two guys on this list. This is surprising that they got five this year. But when you replace Taylor Sander, nice to have some talent coming out of that. The most players from Loyola, the champs. How can we, I mean... Brendan Sander's number five, by the way, in the country. we should thank the Sander family for... uh, Getting this, uh, this yeah, trend it, going. It helps. Brendan Taylor, Taylor and Brendan. Fifth-ranked recruit. Central Florida, oh, by the oh way, my gosh. we find out, has raised ticket prices for the BYU game in the Orlando area by $10 Six, compared to the rest of their home games. Tickets started $16, except for BYU, 26 <laughs> start, at, start at 26 for BYU. Yes, yeah, start. The crappy seats are 26 bucks. Yep, BYU's not a Power 5, com- or a power five team considered. Then why are you raising the price? Somewhere Bronco Mendenhall is clapping his hands saying, yep, see, we generate money. And that's proof right there. Up next, we talk to David Nixon about why he thinks Taysom Hill is a legitimate Heisman contender. 
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan reunited in Studio B. It's good to be back. Six days from now, Spencer, BYU football will host Media Day. Nope, I'm doing something right now. On BYU TV. It starts at 11 Eastern, state of the program. 12 to 2 Eastern, BYU Sports Nation, a two-hour edition. And then at 3 Eastern, BYU football. Great moments then and now. Some BYU legends will be in the house. It's going to be great, not to mention web chats. Six days from now, BYU football media day live on BYU TV and BYU radio. And ESPN. Cannot th- wait. ESPN 3, too. Yeah. State, uh, state of the program and BYU football. Great moments then and now. Simulcast as well on ESPN 3. Watch ESPN. All access. Independence. Who, who else has that? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody has that. Let's be honest. I Come like on. this tweet from uh, Mickman5. He said, classic Yankees-Red Sox ticketing model. Raise home ticket prices for high-profile teams. Yep, BYU's irre- irrelevant, I guess. BYU is irrelevant. Dripping with snark. Stop it. Joining us now, David Nixon, former NFL linebacker, BYU great, and BYU TV football analyst. David, we've been talking about Taysom Hill and what has to happen for him to be a top five Heisman Trophy candidate at the end of the season. Jeremy and I feel like it hinges on that Texas game and him outdoing his 2013 performance, not specifically running for 260 yards, not going to happen, but having a great game and getting a win at Texas. Where do you feel like he becomes a top five candidate? No, I, I would agree. I think Texas is a, is a huge game for him. I agree that it's going to be tough to outdo his rush performance from last year. Uh, but I wouldn't put it past him. I know Taysom has that. Uh, I know he has that for sure um, circle on his calendar. But I, I kind of look a little further down the road, and you guys have been discussing a little bit about Central Florida and how they raise their ticket prices, et cetera. Um, but I think that is a big game. I think if he can go on the road, go back east, against a team that last year was in a BCS uh, game, I think if you can go out there and perform on a Thursday night in front of the whole entire country, traditionally those Thursday night games are some of the most viewed games of the week. Um, so if I, think, I think if he can go out there and, and dominate, I think he really enters, enters into that Heisman talk. He really does need to become a uh, weekday warrior in that BYU has five games that are either a Thursday or a Friday. What's the difference from a player's perspective, David, playing – on ESPN on a weekday where you know you're going to be seen by the country as uh, by the whole country as opposed to being buried on a Saturday. Well, everyone knows. I mean, for the fact that the players are watching those games on Thursday night also. I mean, when they're not playing on Thursday night, they're, they're sitting down watching the game too. So they know the entire country's watching. And, and once again, when you go back east, you know the East Coast will be watching because they have a vested interest in, in kind of how their teams are doing, et cetera. So um, it's a big-time game. I mean, you look back at my days, we didn't get to play any ESPN much. So when we did, we really tried to take advantage of it, and we knew that it was quite an opportunity. These days, these guys are on there almost every week. But um, no question. Question that Thursday night game, you know, and Coach Manhall used to mention it. He'd say, look, this is our chance to shine. It's our chance to show the country that we belong in the top 25 and that we got to go out there and play ball. And so um, for sure that uh, this will be a big game. And once again, especially with Central Florida coming off the special season they had last year. BYU TV football analyst David Nixon on BYU Sports Nation. We're talking about Taysom Hill. Some people look at this preseason hype as almost a negative thing, David, like, Oh, I don't know, it's going to go right to his head, and it might affect his performance on the field. Do you buy into that? And how does Taysom take this preseason Heisman hype and really make it benefit for his career and for uh, his status as one of the nation's elite players? You know, I, I think it's a positive thing. And I, I, uh, it's funny because I was actually texting Taysom this morning about it. 
And uh, he said, you know, obviously doesn't mean much to him. It's preseason. Um, but he, he agreed that, look, this is great exposure for university. And uh, this is something that uh, is, is great for his team. And, and I can tell you that as, as a player, obviously college football, really any level of football, the, the entire team ride or dies by their quarterback. And I remember playing uh, with, with John Beck and Max Hall. We knew that if they had a great game, there was a terrific chance we'd win that game. If, if they had a tough game, we knew the defense would have to have an outstanding game to pull out a win. So um, when, when, you have your, when the teammates see a guy like Taysom, who's their leader, who's getting these accolades, he's the one in the press, in all honesty, it's a boost to your teammates. You know that you've got a guy at the helm that can, that can take control and who has the confidence uh, to go forward and, and lead his team. And so, if anything, I think for his teammates, it's a positive thing to say, look, the rest of the nation thinks our guy's a stud, so we might as well think our guy's a stud. And you kind of rally around your leader. So, um, all in all, I think it's a positive thing. Uh, I, I really don't see any downside. I, I think the people that say, oh, well, his head's going to be elsewhere, I, I think that's just, uh, you know, them trying to find something to talk about. In all reality, I, I think it's a, it, once again, it's, it's a great way to show the hard work that Taysom's put into um, his career uh, up to this point. And if anything, it's going to help the team uh, with their confidence going forward. David, you played with Max Hall, who had a similar situation to Taysom right now, which is making the leap from a sophomore starter and then now year two as a junior. What kind of development did you see in Max that you hope might happen in Taysom? Well, I think it was just the film time. I, Max all of a sudden took it very, very serious in, in preparing for games um, and once again leading his team. I mean, you look at Taysom, first year under, I'm referring to last year, first year under Coach and I's new offense. Um, he was coming off an injury where, you know, he, he was still, you know, he was now the new starter, um, still kind of figuring out his role. But you come into this junior season, he's obviously the clearly defined leader. He's the one setting up seven on seven, all these camps, et cetera. Um, and, and so, he is the guy, uh, and, and I, I remember seeing that with Max. He all of a sudden, from that sophomore to junior year, he realized he was the guy. This was his opportunity, and uh, him and, and Austin, um, calling along with Dennis, they kind of led that offense, uh, and then defensively we kind of we, we, we did our thing, but we knew that once again, depending on how they did, uh, we, it was, it was going to either make it a great game, a blowout, like we did to UCLA 59-0, or it's going to be a tough outing like it was at TCU that year. So um, it, it all comes down to the offense. And once again, if you have a guy who's a pure leader uh, and a guy who's being talked about as being a stud throughout the country, uh, once again, I think it's only a positive. David, you bring up a great point in that it's year two of the go-fast, go-hard offense under Robert and I. Along with that and with Taysom now feeling like he is the guy, what kind of season, what kind of numbers would you expect from Taysom Hill from a realistic perspective as an analyst? Well, I, I think he'll have a terrific season. And I, to be honest, I'm not sure if his rushing numbers will be as high as, as they were last year because I think he was put in situations where he had to use his legs more often than not. Um, I think he'll rely more on his arm. And I'm okay uh, with that, by the way. I'm totally okay I, with that. And I think he's okay with it. <laughs> I, think, I, think after his, I think after his body getting beat up so much last season, uh, you know, we, I, I'd see him after the games, and I remember um, a few of the games, his, his 
gum on his lip was all bleeding. He had, he had <laughs> yeah. a chunk chunk taken out of that. And his body was bruised, and you know I, I think he he wants to pass more. Um, and the great thing about him though is that he once again can use his legs if he needs to, and he's he's obviously very good at it. But um, numbers wise, I, I don't know if I can really predict anything, but I, I do think his numbers will be better than last year. His, I think his accuracy will be much better. Um, and once again, I think with it being the second year, he'll be more comfortable in the system. I think he'll allow more time to drop back and sit in the pocket and, and try to find some open receivers. And once again, the offensive line I think will be improved, um, which will which will give him that time. So uh, I'm excited. I, I think he's having a great year. Yeah, I think the rest of the country is starting to realize he might have a great year with these accolades that are coming out with him being on the front of sporting news magazines, etc. Um, and it creates that buzz that, that once again gets us excited for this football season. 54%. That's what his completion percentage was last year. He's, he's talked about getting that to 60-plus. What's the number one thing he has to do to get that 6%, at least 6% higher, David? I think it's just composure in the pocket. And uh, once again, last year, I think uh, because of the, the offensive line and the woes we, BYU had there, I think uh, he had a lot of pressure on him. I mean, you watch a lot of his incomplete passes. He had somebody in his face pressuring him. Um, sure, he had a few errant passes, but uh, all in all, I, I think it was due to the, the kind of the, the lack of play by the offensive line. But um, once again, this year, they, they've, I think they're coming together. he got more experience there. And I think it's going to be his composure in the pocket, sitting back, and he's going to be thrown to some big wide receivers. I mean, you look at Mitch Matthews, 6'5". You look at Nick Kurtz, uh, 6'5", 6'6". I mean, you've got some big, tall targets that he'll be throwing to. And, Jordan Leslie, uh, 6'3". Jordan Leslie, 6'3". I mean, I, by, by far, and this is probably mentioned before, but I think this is definitely the, the tallest wide receiving course that BYU's had, maybe ever, and one of the tallest in the nation, no, no doubt. But uh, he'll, he'll have some big targets, and, and I think for that reason alone, you'll, you'll see that percentage way above 60. Interesting stat here. So Taysom threw 438 passes last year. If he had completed 6% more, that's just two more completions a game. That's, wow. that's not that much. He can, he can do that. It's no, a simple it, fix. It, it's really not. Then you look, of course, at the Virginia game, terrible conditions, and, and I think that affected his overall stats. But he, he was right there. You're right. He, I mean, two more completions per game, and he, he's right there. And, uh, and that's why I think it's very plausible that this season he'll, uh, he'll have a 60-plus uh, percentage uh, passing ratio. And, um, and then, once again, I, I think because of that, when he can throw the ball like that, it's going to open up the running game for Jamal and even for Taysom to be able to scramble and do some more quarterback draws like Coach and I love to draw up. So um, uh, I think if he can get that above 60%, 65, uh, even you know, possibly up in the 70s, then it's just going to open up the entire offense, and, and teams won't be able to stack the box like they did last season uh, to stop the run and force Taysom into you know, long situations on passing downs, which kind of hurt his average again. Um, but if, if, he, if they're clicking all cylinders – uh, this offense could be could be fun to watch. David Nixon played four years in the NFL, former BYU linebacker on BYU Sports Nation. I feel like the schedule, if BYU beats Texas, is extremely favorable for Taysom because he still has showcase games like Boise and Central Florida, Utah State. Okay, he, he's got those games, but, man, I, I feel like if they don't beat Texas – then it kind of almost hurts BYU and Taysom's chances as a Heisman Trophy candidate. Is it that simple? Do you feel like it's that simple coming down to the Texas game? You know, I don't think it is. I, I think the national audience and the, and the writers and, and all those that are in charge of making these decisions, I think they'll look at the Texas game for what it's worth. Um, it's at Texas. It's on the road. You're playing in a, a Big 12, playing a big-time stadium. I mean, it's, it, I don't think you can write BYU off with the loss there. Once again, it'll be interesting to see what type of loss it would be. Is it a close one? Is it a blowout? Um, but uh, I, I, obviously a win is, is huge. But I, I think a close loss to Texas there, 
I don't think that all is over with the season because you do, like you said, you have some big games ahead of you with Utah State and Central Florida and, and Boise State. Um, and then, of course, Cal at the end of the season. So if BYU can say say they do lose that one, um, then they can finish out with, you know, 10 straight wins and, and still go 11-1. and one. Uh, and that's that's a pretty solid season. Does Taysom uh, have to win that game to win to to be in the top five of the Heisman? Though, um, I think so. I think so. Looking at Blake Bortles and with Central Florida and what he had to do um, last season to be kind of in the talk, uh, I, I think BYU and, and Taysom, I, I probably do have to go undefeated. And yeah. that's just how it is with this day and age. I, people don't give BYU as much respect as we know. Um, and so, in order to earn it, you got to go out there and win. We've talked about Texas being the big game, and if I'm a uh, from a national perspective, BYU is one big game, and that's Texas. The rest, you have some P5s on there, but they're not the strongest P5s like Cal and Virginia. What's BYU's second biggest game to you, David? You know, I, I think it's going to be that Boise State game at Boise State. Um, I, I think More than Central again, Florida. Well, I think the Central Florida one, we discussed that right now. I think that's a, that's a big game. But, but you look at Boise State and the traditional powerhouse that they've been throughout the years. Um, and to once again go on the road up there, and, and especially after BYU winning, uh, beating Boise State here last year, I think that's a big revenge game. I think all that will play into the hype of that game. And, and once again, this, this one's becoming kind of a, the rivalry game for BYU now that Utah's you know, fallen out of the schedule. Um, this is one of those games I think the players circle on their calendar. It's become kind of a nasty uh, competition between the two. So um, I, I think – you know, outside the Texas one, I mentioned earlier Central Florida. If they can go on the road, if he can go on the road, Central Florida and win that one, I think he's definitely in the Heisman talks. But the next one, I think the biggest one is, is there at Boise State because it is a storied program um, that uh, if you can pick up a win there, they're they're definitely they will definitely be in the hunt. Really, what we've ignored is why there are not more linebackers in the Heisman Trophy discussion, right, David? <laughs> I've been I've been asking that one for years. Like, what the heck is going on with that? <laughs> hey, we we just go around and hit guys, and we let the quarterback, <laughs> the pretty boys, throw it around. You know, <laughs> they Fair can't enough. remember what happened. After, <laughs> that's the issue. David Nixon, great to have you with us. Nice insight on Taysom Hill, and uh, really looking forward to what BYU football can do in the 2014 season. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, guys. You got it. Up next, we discuss. More in detail, what Taysom Hill has to do to be a top five candidate in the Heisman Trophy race at the end of the season. Plus, we're talking BYU soccer and the Vuvuzelas. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Turn, turn him off. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. Hanging out BYU Broadcasting. You can follow the show, as always, on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Sometimes I wish people could watch what happens during the breaks because I asked you to merge Bill Walton and Lou Holtz. <laughs> and you didn't I remember when I was playing at Berkeley. <laughs> was, I could smell colors. It was, it was, it was, it was that. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, follow the show on YouTube as well. That smooth transition. <laughs> YouTube.com slash BYU TV Sports for clips and stuff. Our show is on radio and television, folks. If you're new to the program, BYU Radio, BYU TV, get her done. Our Twitter question today, what does Taysom Hill need to do to be considered a top five Heisman candidate at the end of the season? Jeremy, I feel like it all hinges on the Texas game. Outperform Texas in 2013. Yep. It's, a bit, it's the biggest stage. Have your best performance. Absolutely. At Scott M. Gower says 60 to 65% completion percentage will greatly help his passing stats. And we learned from Jerem, that's just two more completions per game according to last year's stats. He just needed 26 more, 13 games. Two more completions per game would have had him at a 
60% clip. That's amazing. That's it. What is a good completion percentage rate in soccer when you, when you pass? Maybe we should ask our next guest. Yes, we should. Miranda Bailey, BYU Women's Soccer. What's up? Hello. Nationally renowned BYU Women's Soccer team. Welcome to the show. What's a good completion percentage in passing for a soccer team? Good completion. I would say if you're in the 70%, that, that's good. Okay. So if Taysom Hill's at 70%, 70 would be it. <laughs> yeah. You guys connect. Taysom's not throwing backwards, though. Like in soccer. <laughs> do, you guys, do you guys keep track of those kind of numbers? We actually do. We have a by position as a team. So they're really important to us. Where were you last year? Um, I was in the 70%. Of course. Nice. Give her a high five, awesome. Jerem, right awesome. now. High five for Thanks. that. Miranda Bailey. Apparently I'm ordered to give high five. BYU Women's <laughs> Soccer joining BYU Sports Nation. Where did you watch the United States Ghana World Cup game yesterday? Um, I watched it actually in a couple places. Uh, I had class yesterday, so part of the game was half on my screen and half in class. How much do you remember from class? Yeah, yeah, not. Too- <laughs> <laughs> but then after what the- class were you in? Do you even remember that? Yes, I do. Okay. Luckily, it was a computer class. So then when the class ended, we all put it up on the TV and we awesome. all watched it together. So awesome. it was fun. Your reaction when Clint Dempsey scores thirty-four seconds into the game? I, that was crazy. That was a way to start off the World Cup. Yeah, hello. You, that, that's, I believe Ian Dark, the commentator, called it the smash and grab effort where they <laughs> score super early and then they're just like trying to get away. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, have you been in a game where you scored in the first minute like that? Um, I don't know in the first minute, but it definitely changes the way the game is played because you don't expect to, oh, I mean, you always plan for it and you want that, but you don't. Usually, like, in the first minute. So then it kind of changes the game plan. I think a lot of people underestimate the physicality of soccer. And if you doubt me, then you should look what happened to Clint Dempsey yesterday when he got kneed in the nose, and that's a broken nose. Or how about BYU-New Mexico women's soccer from three years ago? YouTube it if you haven't seen it. It's unbelievable. So you were young in high school, maybe middle school? When that happened, right? Yeah, uh, I think I was junior, junior higher. Or six or seven or yeah. something? Yeah. Um, I, my words can't do it, Jess. I mean, girl pulling on hair I'm, and, like, just yanking people down by their ponies, uh, by their, their braids. Cassidy was the BYU player. Yeah. Was, it's, and Carly Homer. It's definitely physical because the way the positions are, you're going, you're against the same person for almost the whole game. So you build this, like, little bit of, like, competitive nature against them. And so you're always marking, like, the same person. What's the craziest thing you've seen on a soccer pitch? The craziest. Way to call it the pitch. Thank you. Yeah. I'm trying to be. The United have, States we, are. We have an elite soccer player in our presence. <laughs> she didn't wear her kit or boots. <laughs> <laughs> um, the BYU New Mexico game, that was pretty. I had never seen anything um, like that before. Most of us hadn't. No. And haven't since. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, when you look at uh, the United States, and we'll break down the 2014. BYU women's soccer home schedule, which I think is fantastic in a moment. Uh, but uh, the United States plays Portugal on Friday. If they win, they're going to be through to the next round. Portugal has two players out with injury, and then Pepe got a red card. He's out. The U.S. has a legit chance to win on Friday. Break it down, Miranda. You're our soccer analyst today. I think they're in a great position. I mean, coming and winning the first game is huge. Couldn't set yourself up better. Um, Portugal... They're gonna they're gonna have some revenge against because they got beat so bad against Germany. But I think if we play hard and 
just can get another early goal that we can do it. The BYU women's soccer team, do you have like a round table and discuss what happened? Was there like a meeting last night where you're like, okay, let's break down the game? It was a watch party yeah. or something. Yeah, right? well, we actually get together and we watch it together and the men's team. So we're analyzing the game the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> you just released uh, a few weeks ago your BYU women's soccer schedule for the upcoming season. The home schedule is loaded. Can we go over some yes. of these games? Let's do that, please. Okay, listen to this. Uh, Washington State, Baylor, LSU. These are just the home games. Long Beach State, Oregon, Colorado College, Portland, Gonzaga, Santa Clara, San Francisco. You you could have four or five ranked teams at, in Provo. You ready for it? Oh, so ready. When, they, uh, when we saw the schedule, we were so excited. Hosting Portland and Santa Clara... Like those two games, I, I just get giddy thinking about it right now. It's That's gonna... in conference play. You get the two best teams traditionally at home. Oh yeah, I know. And we shared conference with them last year, so we want to just take it, take it ourselves this year and repeat it. So we're we're so excited. The... And the non-conference schedule, you're a little different than football in that you guys aren't a Power 5 conference, but when you play on the road, that's a really big game for people. Mm-hmm. So when you go to uh, Tennessee, Cal State Fullerton, uh, Denver, those are games that you need to represent and win as well. No, they do. Every every game counts for us, so it's so important that we not only win the big games at home, but we win the big games on the road. You lose some big personalities on your team, notably Chloe Coolahan is an All-American mm-hmm. and a leader and vocal and uh, an emotional player. Who's the big personality this year for BYU women's soccer? I think we have so many that are going to step up. We're a, we're a little younger team, but we have been working so hard this summer and we really have come together. And I think that there are so many girls that are just going to step up to the plate and do what they need to do. And looking uh, to this upcoming season for you, uh, fantastic freshman season, now sophomore, what kind of uh, jump do you expect for yourself in your second year? Yeah, I'm excited. First year under the belt, I, it's so different playing in high school than playing in college. So just getting that first year experience. And so I'm ready for my second year and to do even better. So let's say that there's some crazy thing that happens and each year the soccer team has to sit out one game in place of other athletes across campus to come in and play. Like if you had to pick a soccer team from other teams what athletes would best fit the mold of soccer players that are not soccer players right now? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, who would fit the mold? Hockey players? <laughs> Maybe hockey. <laughs> they don't have skates, so they're going to have to run. Yes. Uh, yep. But th- this, this started from a, a conversation. NFL.com did a, did a list I, of... I did you saw see that. that. So <laughs> NFL player, if the U.S. fielded a soccer team from NFL players. I definitely saw so that. Then, so then yesterday we came up with uh, the BYU football players for a BYU soccer team, which would, I think we're going to release Would it be the football players that would be the natural transition or would it be track and field? What would it be? Well, you'd want, I think you'd want a mix of certain sports. I think a mix. So I, like, like Taysom Hill, if he were on the soccer field, pitch... Where would you put him? I would put him more in that midfield, kind of facilitating, running the show, um, just finding passes. and um, So that's where I would put him. He could complete 70% of his passes in that yeah. situation. Yes, I think he could. It's an I, interesting topic. I would want no, to put I, him at forward, use that speed. I know, but yeah, but then I feel like there's, yeah, you could put him a couple places. Yeah. 
Brian, some of those tra- and Bronson Kafusi, Hillary Smith Kafusi's husband is the goalie. He's dynamic duo right yes. there. <laughs> Huge, quick. Yes, Miranda, you, you were in our senior coordinating producer Michael Miner's broadcasting class. Now you're here on the set of BYU Sports Nation. Is TV in your future? Um, maybe I would love to do sports broadcasting. I've always had a passion for sports, so okay. Well, we'll there see. you have it. It's been declared. And how was the class? It's great. I yeah. highly recommend it. Do you have That's to say answer. that because Michael's in the room? No. I, okay. Honestly, I love it. I love it. Okay. We have a tradition for all of our athletes and guests that uh, come on set to sign our BYU Sports Nation flag. flag. So please to. give us your autograph. You did well. I, th- I think you could do broadcast. And I'm surprised Jerem hasn't asked this, but uh, do you have any final tips for me as, you know, I'm getting ready to call BYU soccer games this upcoming fall. What, what do I need to do if, to be better, Miranda? What do you want him to say? Like, All like, great stuff. Like the status quo, <laughs> boring. Like, let's get him to say something. No, I awesome thought he did that. great last year. I was impressed. Give her another high five. <laughs> <laughs> the no look. Yeah. Miranda, great to have you. Good luck. Thanks for having season. me. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we discuss Taysman. Uh, Taysman. The Taysman. The Taysman. The Taysman. Taysom Hill's legitimate Heisman hope. Where does it hinge? We believe it's in Texas. This is BYU Hand Sports me that Nation. Boo-boo-zella. Where to go? <laughs> Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, sponsored in part by National Processing, credit card processing for your business needs. Can you believe BYU Football Media Day is six days away? I cannot believe BYU Football Media Day is six days away. Thank you for answering that long. <laughs> 11 a.m. Eastern Time. I learned that time. in elementary school to answer in complete sentences. Next Monday, <laughs> state of the programs at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, simulcast on ESPN3 as well as BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation will have a two-hour edition of the show. Uh, that day, and then three Eastern BYU football. Great moments then and now. You're not going to want to miss any of that. What else are you going to do on June 23rd but watch BYU Football Media Day? Hashtag BYU Media Day. If you have other plans, cancel them! Because that is priority number one as a fan of Brigham Young University. Do it for Brigham! Our Twitter question today, what does Taysom Hill need to do to be considered a top five Heisman candidate at two fresh Lex says this. He needs to keep up his running game, but work on his throwing game and create passing chemistry with his receivers. I don't see, I don't envision a scenario where Taysom Hill is not exponentially better than last year. I just don't. I see him getting more than a hundred yards better passing. I mean, 3,500 is kind of where I'm going to go. Okay. That was a tremendous leap. Year two of the go fast, go hard offense with Robert and I. Ten returning starters on the offensive line. Your receiving core is off the charts Upgrade ridiculous. Talent. Now, now, that, now that's the biggest question mark to me on offense is can those receivers gel in time, learn the offense? Because you have some guys that are one and done like Jordan Leslie. Talented, but it just takes a little while to get into the offense. You know Hopefully we should it's do, quickly. You know what we should do right now? Play Big Young. Big deal. No deal. National Processing Sponsorship of Big Deal, No Deal is a big deal. Credit card processing for your business needs. That's a struggle for me every time I do it. And to not say deal pickle, but deal. Deal. <laughs> Pronounce. Number one. Big deal, no deal. UCF is charging $10 more per ticket for BYU games than any other game this season. Central That's a different voice, by the way. <laughs> that is. That is, Alan not, that is Alan Miller. What is up, Alan Miller? That's a big deal because it gives immediate importance to that game for fans of Central Florida. If they know, oh, that's the big game on the schedule because it costs more. That's a big deal. Absolutely, it's a big deal. Luckily, it's only $10 more, but that's where it starts. So if BYU fans want to see BYU play at Central Florida and go to the game, it's going to cost you a little more. Guess what? 
BYU fans are used to this because BYU is a big game in football and basketball to opposing teams. Ask the West Coast Conference. Hey, Big 12, we create revenue, number two. (laughs) Big deal, no deal. Taysom Hill is on three different preseason Heisman watch lists. This is obviously a big deal because Taysom would not have a realistic shot to get in that top five at the end of the season if he wasn't on these preseason lists. It has to be a big deal that Taysom is being talked about before the season starts. Big deal because Taysom might be the best non-P5 player. On many of these lists, he's the only or one of two or three players listed. Chucky Keaton, uh, the quarterback from Marshall, Cato. These three guys are the faces of non-P5 teams. So Taysom has an opportunity to be the Jordan Lynch, to be the David Carr next year. And B, maybe even better. And it hinges on his performance and BYU winning. He got noticed with last year's numbers. How can it not get better? Number three. Big deal, no deal. U.S. exacts revenge against Ghana in the World Cup. Ginormous. Gargantuous. There are the Vuvuzelas. Vuvuzelas in the house. I used to own one. What's everybody talking about today from a national perspective? The United States beating Ghana and exacting revenge for the last two World Cup losses. That well, is a it's, very well, big Well, it's deal. where LeBron's going to go, whether he's going to opt in or not. But after that, it's the 8, U.S. 8,000 tweets per minute during the game yesterday from the U.S. soccer team. 8,000 tweets per minute involving U.S. soccer. Uh, I'll go big deal, of course, yeah. because I, it was huge. The U.S. scored so quickly, 34 seconds in, and then uh, Brooks scores late in the game. That was big. Now, BYU. We talk about BYU so much. BYU, the BYU-USA. <laughs> There's the BYUSA, that's yes. the Student Association. Friday, U.S.-Portugal. If, if the United States wins that, they uh, go through. Sorry, Ziggy, we beat Ghana. No, we're not. Number four. Big deal, no deal. BYU basketball could have 15 eligible players this season. You know what? I trust Dave Rose, so I'm going to say no deal. I just, I, I, he'll figure it out. Like, they'll, they'll, they'll put a good basketball team on the court. The scholarship situation is always an issue. So for me, it's like, okay, yeah, well, here's another twist. We've, we've done this before. We've dealt with this. We know what to do. No deal. No deal because they – no, big deal. Big deal because they have not done this before. They have not had 15 eligible players. I do trust Dave Rose, but I think this has thrown a real wrinkle into the possibility of BYU basketball this year. We don't know what Jake Toulson's going to do after leaving the MTC with what he said was an anxiety disorder, whether he plays this year or not. But you already have Dalton Nixon making a 14th player. How are you going to distribute minutes – to those guys, you go from 10 eligible players to now 14. Some people are not going to play, and that makes some people unhappy. You just ha- It's hard to manage that. I trust Dave Rose. Big deal. Good for you. <laughs> Number five. Big deal, no deal. Taylor Sanders says playing for Team USA is easier than playing for BYU. What? <laughs> that caught me off guard when uh, we talked to him. I'm not even sure how to answer that question because well, <laughs> how could it not be more difficult to play at the world level. Because Matt Anderson is amazing as the opposite. That is true. He gets all the attention that Taylor got in college. Okay, well then I will say no deal because Taylor Sander is the man and we expect this from him if he doesn't have three blockers on him. This is a big deal because he's playing at a higher level than Brigham and now he's with Team USA and he has become one of the top 15 players in the world, at least in World League (laughs) statistics. He's been the man right out of college. Number six. Big deal, no deal. The Lego movie gets released today on DVD and Blu-ray. 
everything is If we awesome. had the rights to play that song right now, you know we would. Listen, if you haven't seen the Lego movie, you need to go watch. Go buy it right now. It's on sale. You need to see it. I'm buying it on Blu-ray today. It will change your it was life. Amazing. It Big will change deal. your life. Everything is awesome. Okay. <laughs> I love that movie. I think that people thought that it was made for children. Sort of. It, the, the humor is fantastic. Family-friendly, amazing. Check it out. Yes. And so, I'm not getting paid by the Lego movie to say that. I just love it. Okay, in, in all seriousness, you know, you know what absolutely is a big deal? That, that we lost one of the greatest family men and baseball heroes yes. yesterday. Tony Gwynn, he passed away at the age of 54 due to complications of oral cancer. You had a great run-in with him. Yes. Uh, and by the way, as a BYU fan, Tony Gwynn had some epic basketball battles in the Marriott Center. He played basketball. Against People Danny forget. Ainge. Yeah, against Danny Ainge. Uh, of course, with baseball. He coached San Diego State in baseball. And in 06, they came and played BYU, did an interview with him. I've never asked anyone for an autograph outside of this flag uh, but Tony Gwynn on a baseball. Uh, so after our interview, I, I brought him a baseball. I had some packaging around it. I went and bought it. Uh, couldn't get, neither of us could get the packaging off. Did you get like, all nervous? So like, yeah, I was all nervous. Like, Tony Gwynn, oh my goodness. So then he, gets, he storms off. Like he, like he was mad. He goes into the clubhouse, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I just ticked <laughs> off Tony Gwynn. He comes out a couple minutes later. He had signed a ball that he had grabbed and said, here you go. That's that a meant a lot story. to me. And that's the only autograph I have like on my bookshelf from anybody. Tony Gwynn. Rest in peace, my friend. That's really, that's really good stuff. Up next, we wrap things up. There's something we forgot to do, Jerem. Maybe our BYU Sports Nation fans will know what that is. This is Bronco Mendenhall, and you are in BYU Sports Nation. A reminder, Football Media Day hits six days from now. State of the program, 11 Eastern, 9 Mountain. That begins the day on BYU TV. Do not miss it. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. You know, my friend, late August is not that far away. Countdown to Connecticut. 73. 73 days. There are some people in the studio that are very excited about the countdown to Connecticut. Absolutely. We've got some guests here today, which is awesome. Who gets our rise and shout today? Should we give it to Miranda? Sure. The Vuvuzelas. Yeah. <laughs> no more awesome. Vuvuzelas. Uh, I'm no. not sure that was a Vuvuzela. It sounded like a Model T horn or something. Our Twitter question today is what does Taysom Hill that? have to do to be a top five like candidate? 20 seconds in the show, At dude. first underscore no, Schmitty. He says improve on pocket presence and <laughs> completion rate. There you go. All right. We still got 15 seconds, Jerem. Throw stuff. But I, I got to throw do stuff. Do your job. Thanks to our guests, Miranda Bailey and David Nixon. Episodes of the show on demand at BYUSportsStation.com every afternoon. For Jerem, I'm Spencer.